Chapter Four of the Ontario Reader's Third Book by the Ontario Ministry of Education, read for LibriVox.org. Chapter Four: The Pickwick Club on Ice. You skate, of course, Winkle," said Wardle. "Yes, oh yes," replied Mister Winkle. "I, I, am rather out of practice." "Oh, do skate, Mister Winkle," said Arabella. "I like to see it so much." "Oh, it is so graceful," said another young lady. A third young lady said it was elegant, and a fourth expressed her opinion that it was swan-like. "'I should be very happy, I'm sure,' said Mr. Winkle, reddening, "'but I have no skates.' This objection was at once overruled. Trundle had got a couple of pair, and the fat boy announced that there were half a dozen more downstairs, whereat Mr. Winkle expressed exquisite delight, and looked exquisitely uncomfortable. Old Wardle led the way to a pretty large sheet of ice, and the fat boy and Mr. Weller— Having shovelled and swept away the snow which had fallen on it during the night, Mr. Bob Sawyer adjusted his skates with a dexterity which to Mr. Winkle seemed perfectly marvellous, and described circles with his left leg, and cut figures of eight, and inscribed upon the ice, without once stopping for breath, a great many other pleasant and astonishing devices, to the excessive satisfaction of Mr. Pickwick, Mr. Tupman, and the ladies, which reached a pitch of positive enthusiasm, when old Bortle and Benjamin Allen, assisted by the aforesaid Bob Sawyer, performed some mystic evolutions, which they called a reel. All this time Mr. Winkle, with his face and hands blue with the cold, had been forcing a gimlet into the soles of his feet, and putting his skates on with the points behind, and getting the straps into a very complicated and entangled skate, with the assistance of Mr. Snodgrass, who knew rather less about skates than a Hindu. At length, however, with the assistance of Mr. Weller, the unfortunate skates were firmly screwed and buckled on, and Mr. Winkle was raised to his feet. "'Now then, sir,' said Sam, in an encouraging tone, "'off with you, and show him how to do it.' "'Stop, Sam, stop,' said Mr. Winkle, trembling violently, and clutching a hold of Sam's arms with the grasp of a drowning man. "'How slippery it is, Sam!' "'Not an uncommon thing upon ice, sir,' replied Mr. Weller. "'Hold up, sir.' This last observation of Mr. Weller's bore reference to a demonstration Mr. Winkle made at that instant, of a frantic desire to throw his feet into the air and dash the back of his head on the ice. "'These—these these are very awkward skates, ain't they, Sam?' inquired Mr. Winkle, staggering. "'I'm afeard there's an awkward gentleman in em, sir,' replied Sam. "'Now, Winkle,' cried Mr. Pickwick, quite unconscious that there was anything the matter, "'come, the ladies are all anxiety.' "'Yes, yes,' replied Mr. Winkle, with a ghastly smile. "'I'm coming.' "'Just to go on to begin,' said Sam, endeavouring to disengage himself. "'Now, sir, start off.' "'Stop an instant, Sam,' gasped Mr. Winkle, clinging most affectionately to Mr. Weller. "'I find I've a couple of coats at home I don't want, Sam. You may have them, Sam.' "'Thank you, sir,' replied Mr. Weller. "'Never mind touching your hat, Sam,' said Mr. Winkle, hastily. "'You needn't take your hand away to do that.' I meant to have given you five shillings this morning for a Christmas box, Sam. I'll give it to you this afternoon, Sam. You're very good, sir, replied Mr. Weller. Just hold me at first, Sam, will you? said Mr. Winkle. There, that's right. I shall soon get in the way of it, Sam. Not too fast, Sam. Not too fast. Mr. Winkle, stooping forward with his body half doubled up, was being assisted over the ice by Mr. Weller, in a very singular and unswan-like manner, when Mr. Pickwick most innocently shouted from the opposite bank, "'Sam!' "'Sir?' said Mr. Weller. "'Here, I want you.' "'Let go, sir,' said Sam. "'Don't you hear the governor a-callin'? Let go, sir.' 
With a violent effort, Mr. Weller disengaged himself from the grasp of the agonized Pickwickian, and in so doing, administered a considerable impetus to the unhappy Mr. Winkle. With an accuracy which no degree of dexterity or practice could have ensured, that unfortunate gentleman bore swiftly down into the centre of the reel, at the very moment when Mr. Bob Sawyer was performing a flourish of unparalleled beauty. Mr. Winkle struck wildly against him, and with a loud crash they both fell heavily down. Mr. Pickwick ran to the spot. Bob Sawyer had risen to his feet, but Mr. Winkle was far too wise to do anything of the kind in skates. He was seated on the ice, making spasmodic efforts to smile, but anguish was depicted on every lineament of his countenance. "'Are you hurt?' inquired Mr. Benjamin Allen, with great anxiety. "'Not much,' said Mr. Winkle, rubbing his back very hard. "'I wish you'd let me bleed you,' said Mr. Benjamin, with great eagerness. "'No, thank you,' replied Mr. Winkle, hurriedly. "'I really think you had better,' said Allen. "'Thank you,' replied Mr. Winkle. "'I'd rather not.' "'What do you think, Mr. Pickwick?' inquired Bob Sawyer. Mr. Pickwick was excited and indignant. He beckoned to Mr. Weller, and said in a stern voice, "'Take his skates off.' The command was not to be resisted. Mr. Winkle allowed Sam to obey it in silence. "'Lift him up,' said Mr. Pickwick. Sam assisted him to rise. Mr. Pickwick retired a few paces apart from the bystanders, and, beckoning his friend to approach, forced a searching look upon him, and uttered in a low but distinct and emphatic tone these remarkable words, "'You're a humbug, sir.' "'A what?' said Mr. Winkle, starting. "'A humbug, sir. I will speak plainer, if you wish it. An impostor, sir.' With these words Mr. Pickwick turned slowly on his heel, and rejoined his friends. End of chapter 4 this recording is in the public domain.